0: Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation.
1: Uh, this morning, uh, before I get into the Word, I was just in the mood to sing a song. Is that okay? So, uh, I wanted, this song is about knowing that God is always there for us. You know, there may be issues in your life. There may be fears in your life. But you always need to know, no matter what the situation is, God is always going to make a way for you to be victorious. Amen?
0: Amen. Whoa!
1: How many of you believe that this morning? He will absolutely do it. Amen. Well, this morning and next week, I want to talk to you about two topics that affect everyone in life. Those two topics are love and fear, unrelated to each other. But the truth is that these two things, love and fear, are directly linked to each other. They literally go hand in hand. There is a very direct link between love and fear. Most of you men, you know what I'm talking about. Like when we first married our wives, we simply loved them. Now that we've been married for several years, we have developed this healthy fear of them as well, and the love has grown also. This morning, my sermon is entitled, How Not to Fear. And next week, we're going to talk about how to love. But uh, we really have to cover this fear issue first, because what I hope to show you through Scripture this morning is that fear, it actually destroys our ability to love. You can't be an effective Christian without the ability to love because God is Love. So, our teaching this morning on on conquering fear is founded on scripture that you find in 1 John 4 15 through 21. Let me read it to you this morning. It says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now we live in days where people are living in fear of all sorts of things live in fear of all sorts of election returns. A week ago today, people were living in fear of election returns. Be honest. Well, people have so many fears today. As a matter of fact, now this, this list was uh, compiled. It's a few years old, so, uh, but I think it's still probably fairly accurate. It was a nationwide survey, a cross-section of many different uh, people on their top 10 fears what do you fear most and through this survey they compiled the top list of top 10 fears that people have the number one fear was finances people fear am I going to have enough money do I have enough money how can I get more money people live in fear of finances that's fairly easy to believe that would come in number one right right People fear that every day. Secondly, was job security. People are living in fear of whether they're going to have a job or whether they're going to have a job tomorrow, whether they're going to find the right job, job security. Three was fear of being overweight. I have conquered that fear (laughs) in, in my life. Fourth was the fear of getting old. I'll just keep moving on here. Number five was fear of credit card debt. Number six was health. Isn't that interesting? People were more fearful about their credit card debt than about their health. Number seven was fear of their personal appearance. That it wasn't good enough, I'm supposing. Number eight, terrorism. Terrorism. There again, kind of interesting, people more afraid of the way they look, that they don't look good enough than they are of terrorism. I thought that was interesting. Number nine was marriage, a fear of marriage. And ten was what happens after death. Isn't it interesting how far down the list that particular one is? The most important one, the thing we ought to be have most concern, not fear, If we don't have Jesus in our hearts, well, feel free to fear. What happens after death? And we could probably compile an even more extensive list than these things that people fear in this day and age, but the Bible clearly tells us that we can have victory over fear in our life. Now, what we just read told us that there is no fear in love. In fact, love drives out fear. And it says that, Those who live in fear have not been made perfect in love. We're going to talk about what that means this morning. My prayer is that I can convince you of the reality of this truth. Because, you know, I really think that if you truly thought that what I'm going to say this morning would help you overcome fear, I think you would listen like you've never listened before. If you really believe that. I mean, man, if someone had a seminar that would guarantee people a way to overcome fear, people would pay a fortune to attend that if they really believed it was going to help, right? God's word, God's word is the complete truth. It is forever and forever. And his word tells us that perfect love drives out fear. Now, Maybe the first question you have is, well, Pastor Doug, what is, I mean, what is perfect love? Man, I'm glad you asked that question because pretty much the rest of my sermon is talking about that. This morning I want to give you five statements that hopefully help us understand what perfect love is all about. The first statement is this: love and fear do not mix. Love is one thing, fear is another thing. They are diametrically opposed. Fear is never an ingredient of love, and love is never an ingredient of fear. Fear and love are like water and oil. You can try your hardest to kind of blend them all together. Eventually, they're going to completely separate because they just will not mix. Love and fear do not mix. The second statement I want to make is this. A person can both love and fear. Is it possible for a Christian to experience both love and fear? It is. This scripture that we read today, it doesn't say that uh, love drives out fear. It said perfect love drives out fear. You, You won't find in the Bible a verse that says, He that feareth has absolutely no love in them. Right? Because the reality is this. The reality is a a person can greatly love and still experience some fear. And they can also greatly fear, yet still experience some love. But that reality doesn't change this truth that perfect love drives out fear. So... Review, love and fear do not mix. A person can experience love and fear. And that leads me to the third statement I want to make. And that is, to whatever extent you have one, you don't have the other. You with me on that? Here's how I think it works. If you could divide your life into 100 equal parts, let's say. If you have 50 parts love, you've got 50 parts fear. That's kind of how you're living your life. If you got 75 parts love, uh, you've only got 25 parts fear. But on the other hand, if you've got 75 parts fear, you've got about 25 parts love. And the thing about these ratios is they can change as your situations in life change. The fear and the love, they can go up and down and up and down. But maybe some of you, someone here today, feel maybe you feel that's kind of where you're at. You've got way too many parts fear, not nearly enough parts love. And it's important for us to realize that we all have the ability to love. We all have the ability to fully love. And the moment we choose to love to that same extent, fear is conquered in our life. I've, there's been a lot of great examples of this that I've read about heard about in my life the story of david wilkerson who started teen challenge is a great example of how perfect love drives out fear you know he was a very he was just this young skinny country boy preacher he'd never been in a big city in his life in the early 60s he's reading in the newspaper this nationwide story of these gang members that had brutally murdered uh, some elderly man in New York City and robbed him, and they were on trial. And this just young, skinny old preacher, never been out of the country, he feels and hears the Lord speaking to his heart. You, need, you ought to go to New York City and witness to those guys. Can you imagine how you would, might feel? Maybe some fear? The Lord, I haven't been past the county line. What do you mean go to New York City? New York City. But apparently, the the love was conquering the fear because he drove himself to New York City. He witnessed, I mean, he was determined. He got in, he witnessed to these gang members, and when he witnessed to them, they hated his guts. They did not welcome him with warm, open arms. As a matter of fact, I remember this particular quote from his book, The Cross and the Switchblade. He said when he told them that he loved them so much and that God loves them so much, their response was, listen, dude, if you don't get out of our face, we're going to cut you up into a thousand pieces. Does anybody remember his response? His response was, you can cut me up into a thousand pieces, and I promise you every piece will still love you. I'm telling you, the love had driven out the fear amen now here's the part that maybe gets a little sticky there I think there's a difference between conquering fear and completely driving it out because sometimes we have probably all conquered some different fears in our life for a season but in times of weakness maybe that fear came back and it began to push the love back has anyone ever experienced that Other than me in my life, you know, you overcome some fear for a while, but for for whatever reason, that exact fear returns. So, you know, the deal is when love is high, fear is, is low. But when fear is high, the love is going to be low. So to whatever extent you have love, the balance is going to be fear and vice versa. Now, hopefully most of the time you don't live in fear. But a lot of people do. And if you have no fear, I will tell you this. If you have no fear in life, I can tell you it is because you are packed full of love. That is the absolute truth. If you will love God with this, with a real godly love, then what you're saying is, you're saying, I completely trust God. What do I have to fear? Right? Right? If if I love God and I'm in his hands, man, what should I fear? Isn't that the truth? I mean, let's face it. If we, if we really believe that God is who he is and can do what he says he can do, then we would just have to be really ignorant to ever spend a moment in fear, right? And yet, how many of us this morning would say, well, yes, I believe that's true, which proves apparently there are times I'm just ignorant. Right? If we're going to be honest. God always knows what's best for us. Period. He always knows what is best for us. There are no exceptions. It really is just comes down to whether we are going to fully believe that or not. Does anyone here ever think that maybe God sometimes gets so busy that he gets a little mixed up and confused and he confuses you with someone else and, and what, he, what was best for you, he accidentally gave to somebody else and, and what was best for them, he gave to you and, and it just doesn't make sense. Anyone ever think that? I hope you don't think that God ever gets confused and makes mistakes. I hope you don't think that. How many of you don't think that? God gets confused. You don't think God gets confused and makes mistakes. There's only six of you that think that? So if the majority of us believe that, my question is, do our thoughts and our actions always demonstrate that to Him? That He doesn't make mistakes? We have to remember the truth is God always knows what's best for us. Amen? He is in charge He is our guide. He's our our guard. He is our savior. He's our power. He's our strength. If we have a love for God, we don't need to fear anything because all of what God sends us comes from a loving heart. But that doesn't mean everything is always fun, right? It simply means if God sends tears, well, we don't have to fear them. They're from God. If God allows pain in our life, we don't have to fear it. We know God loves us. Amen? And ultimately, ultimately, even if God sends death, we don't have to fear death. Because here's the undeniable truth. For those of us who love God, Death is the only thing that's going to bring us our greatest reward. Without, you know, everyone loves to talk about going to heaven. Nobody really wants to talk about dying. When the truth is, without dying, no heaven. You know, we want that reward. Just not crazy about how you get there. Because of some fears that we have sometimes. But I tell you, if if our love is full and completely godly love in our heart, we're not even going to fear death because we know that brings on the good time, so to speak. Amen? So this morning, if, if you are a senior citizen like I am, I know I am because all of the restaurant menus now tell me I am. We don't have to fear getting older because we know God loves us so much. Amen? The more love you have for God, the more fear is driven out of your life. Now, does that mean that just because we don't fear that we're never going to suffer? Absolutely not. I was reminded this past week, you know, we Janet and I were involved side-by-side in ministry with uh, a, a local pastor here in town, Edgar Ackerman, and his wife, Claudine. We served on the pastoral staff with them, and, and we, were, uh, we were with them when they began Agora Ministries downtown, which we still support. As a matter of fact, a, a month or so, a couple months ago, we purchased 130 space heaters that they're going to give out to needy people downtown. That was a great response. And Claudine and Edgar Edgar a few several years ago was diagnosed with cancer and he fought that battle for uh, about two years before the Lord brought him home and Claudine went through that. And then just this past week Claudine's granddaughter she gets married. Incredible wedding out in the country about 60 miles from here and Her and her new husband, everyone's celebrating. It's a great time. It's time to go to their honeymoon. They climb into a helicopter to go to their honeymoon. And you heard that story, didn't you? A couple miles and the helicopter went down. Claudine's granddaughter, that new groom, the helicopter pilot, all killed. It doesn't mean... We never suffer. We go through things in life that are very painful, but we still don't have to live in fear because of God's perfect love for us. There's a great reward that awaits all of us. We never have to fear following and trusting God. If God wants us to weep for a season, we don't have to fear. He knows what's best for us. And the real, I sometimes say, I don't care. We've already received the offering. (laughs) (laughs) This might upset some people, but here's the statement I'm going to make. Sometimes we're all guilty of acting like atheists. I said acting, not being. But we have all done things in life as if we believe God doesn't even exist. Now, you may find that shocking or annoying or maybe blasphemous. I don't know. But let me ask you this question. How many of us here have ever done something in your life that had you visually seen God standing right next to you, there is no way you'd have ever done it? What does that say about us? It says that sometimes we will act like God doesn't even exist. That's acting like an atheist, right? Let me me say this morning, when we're not loving God like we should, that's exactly when we start fearing every little thing around the corner. When we really love God, we begin to conquer fear in our life. And once we learn to conquer our fears through His love, eventually we will drive it completely out. And that leads me to my fourth statement I want to make, but... Let's review, love and fear don't mix. A person can experience both love and fear. Three, to whatever extent you have one, you won't have the other. And the fourth statement is, the day is going to come where we can not only conquer fear, we can drive it out. The day can come when you can have such love for God, it just drives fear out of your life. Here is, an, I think, a perfect example, kind of a little mental not run in for us to grab a hold of. A mother would not run into a burning house to rescue her favorite pair of shoes. Maybe Imelda Marcos. That joke is very old. That's why nobody left. Google it. That was funny. A mother would not run into a burning house to rescue her favorite pair of shoes because she might really love those shoes, but fear would be greater. Now who knows where I'm going? A mother would run into a burning house to rescue her child when she heard the voice calling out. Absolutely. Why would she do that? Because the love would drive out the what? Fear. See how this works? We all have to come to a place in our life where we're just going to settle this thing once and for all. And we're going to say, I love God. Period. Not on the good days. Just on the good days, but on the bad days, well, you know, maybe not so much. No, we have to get this thing settled at some point. I don't care what my situation in life is. I love and I trust God. He's my Father who loves and cares for me. He always knows what's best for me. So whatever He sends me, I'm no longer going to fear because I know He always knows what's best for me. Now I tell you, I I haven't met very many of these in my life. But I have met a few Christians in my life that I believe have had it com- they have completely settled it in their heart, and they just flat out do not have fear. You know, we read about people like that in the Bible. Paul, his love for God had driven out fear. That's why he's sitting in these horrible, nasty, rat-infested prisons, and he's writing love letters. Because the fear had been driven out. Now, I, but I say, I've met a few of these uh, Probably one of the greatest ones I've ever met is a man that has spoken in this church on a couple of occasions. His name was Paul Is, Paul I. Anybody remember Paul I? Little bitty dude. Vietnamese man. Born and raised. Grew up in Vietnam. He became a witch doctor. I mean complete atheist. Heathen witch doctor. And to kind of shorten the story, he was gloriously saved. And when he got saved, I'm telling you, love began to fill him rapidly and it drove out the fear. And he began witnessing about Jesus everywhere he went in Vietnam. People were getting saved by the masses. And so they had a problem and they threw him in a Vietnamese prison. Now, I don't know if Vietnamese prisons have changed, but as of a few years ago, if you didn't have friends or family to take care of you and bring you food, you died in a Vietnamese prison. You didn't eat. They, didn't, they don't feed you. You either have someone that will feed you or you die. It's a horrible place. It's hard labor every day. But at night, he would witness to people, men in this prison And one after the other, after the other, began to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And they had another problem, so they kicked him out of prison. He got kicked out of prison. And he still kept preaching. And he still kept preaching. And people still began getting saved. And they threw him in prison again. And he'd witness in prison. And more and more were getting saved. And he'd he'd get kicked out of prison. This happened like three or four times. And finally... They decided, we've got to do something. We can't kill him. There's too many followers. It will make a martyr out of him. We're going to have to kick him out of the country. So they kicked him out of the country. He came to the United States. He built a, a ministry to Vietnamese people. And I, now today, he can, he's allowed back in. But for many years, uh, he had to kind of do it covertly. But I'm just telling you, it was a man that literally, he didn't know what fear was at this point because he just had too much love in him. He had developed the perfected, the, the, this perfected love of God in his life to the point where it drove out fear. He had enough to drive out the fear. Now, maybe you're saying to this, well, you know what? Man, that sounds great. That's it. As of today, I'm going to have that perfect love. And I would say, no, you're probably not. How many of you appreciate a pessimistic preacher? I think that when to achieve that level of God's love, that's something we have to develop in our life. We have to mature into that. It, that's not going to happen overnight. I have never personally witnessed it. The reality is probably more like this. You fear something, and through God's love, you you conquer it. And then some fears return, and through God's love, you push it back, you conquer it. And you keep conquering, and you keep conquering, until one day your level of love has grown to the point and matured to the point where you say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, You just send it on down because my love and my trust in you is so great. I have no fear of what you have in store for me. When you reach that point in life, then perfect love has driven out the fear in your life. And here's another important note this morning. For every fear that exists, God gives us an ability for love that will conquer that fear. There is no fear that we have that God's love will not conquer if we will allow it. Amen? Here's the fifth statement. That statement is this this wasn't just something that was available for the apostles in, in John's day. John wasn't just talking to people of that day God's word is the same yesterday, today, forever, right? So he was talking to all of us. How do we acquire and begin to build this perfect love in our life? How do we do it? We keep on conquering fear. And we keep on conquering fear through God's love. And eventually that fear is driven out. Amen? But the question becomes, well, how how do we continue to conquer fear? And the answer to that is pretty simple. By loving Him every day. By loving Him more every day. The more we love Him, the more fear is driven out of our life. That's the secret to conquering fear. If you have a lot of fear in your life, you need to work on building your love for God. Because I'm telling you, They go hand in hand. That great old hymn of the church, it says, there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ears, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. How many of you remember that? Oh, how I love
0: Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus.
1: First love me. Well, there's a lot of power in that song. A lot of power in that song. The bo- here's the bottom line this morning. God created us to love him. That's why we were created. That's why we exist. And so the truth is to whatever extent that we love him, to that same extent we don't have fear in our life. Amen. That's what it's that's how it works. But we have to understand this today. You know, routine church attendance is not going to drive fear out of your life. Just coming to church, sitting in a chair, It's not going to drive out fear. Now here's one. Reading the Bible alone will not drive out fear in your life. Here's another one that will rattle your cage. Prayer alone will not always drive out fear. Now that might really ruffle some feathers. But here's here's how I know that that statement is true. Because some people, they only pray when they're afraid. with me on that? There has to be relationship behind our prayers. God says, if you will love me, then that love will drive the fear out of your life. If the only time we pray is when we're in trouble or when we're afraid, then that shows that really we love ourselves most. And then the faithfulness in the Bible reading, in the prayer, that will be a fruit of the love we have. Amen? That becomes a fruit of that love. Here's what we all need. We all need to get to the point where we run to God the way a child runs to the ice cream truck. We run to Him because we look forward with anticipation for what He has for us. I think I've shared this story I I came up with this little illustration by personal experience. My mom likes to tell this story. I don't remember. When I was a toddler, she put me in the tub to give me a bath. She left the room for just moments, came back, little Doug was gone. And she went into this panic. She's running around trying to figure out where I've gone. And then she stopped and she heard something. She heard the ice cream truck, and she thought to herself, "No," but in reality, yes. <laughs> and she opened the front door. His little Doug standing at the curb, naked as Jaybird, waiting for the ice cream truck with anticipation for what he had for me in my life. That's why I use that example. The love of God is so real, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry about people who are going to think about us, right? Because the love drives out the fear. That doesn't mean you should show up at church with no clothes on because we will fear that. That <laughs> creates some fear. It was, just an, it was just an illustration. I don't even remember it. Thank God. How do you keep from living in fear? You just keep on loving Jesus, amen? That's the answer. People say, man, how do I conquer this fear? You love Jesus more. It will work. That's what works. It's the only thing that works. God's perfect love is what drives the fear out of our life. There's probably someone here today that loves God so much that if God himself told you you were going to die before sundown, your blood pressure wouldn't even go up. If a doctor told you you had a month to live, you wouldn't even entertain fear about death. Why? Because there's folks that love God so much and they fully trust and believe that He always knows what's best for them. They have no fear. Are you able to trust God that much? Trust Him with your very life? We all have to be able to trust him with our very life. That's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, it's it's just so easy to say that. Let it roll off the tongue, but a lot of times we don't. We get all worried about our life. Until we can completely trust God to the point that we place our lives fully in his hands, we are always going to experience some level of fear in our life. That's what we have to understand. If we can give God 80% of our life, well, we'll probably only experience about 20% fear. But that 20% fear can really hold you back from some incredible things that God wants to do in your life. And I'm telling you, it's, that, it's just that 20% that's going to cause a lot of different fears in your life. It's no wonder why people who only give God their life on Sunday experience so much fear. I mean, do the math, right? If you only give God your life on Sunday morning, it means you're giving God about 14% of your life. That other 86% that people choose to kind of stay in charge of themselves, man, it is going to just continually scare the daylights out of them. Fear. How many of you today, you, you, you want love rather than fear? Man, I do. To get rid of fear, we just increase the love. Amen? God wants to envelop you with his love at these altars this morning. If you're experiencing fear, man, he just wants to wrap you up and say, you can trust me. You don't have to keep fearing. And as his love begins to pour into your life, the fear just gets driven out. It's, it's really that simple. It's not a mystery. And if you're, beginning, if you're wondering, how do I begin to love God? You just begin by giving him your heart. Give your heart and your life to Jesus. And you can do that this morning. We're going to bring our service to a close the way we always do with giving people an opportunity make that choice for Jesus. Amen.
0: You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com Connect with us on Facebook or call us at 210-657-3578